Hello and welcome to the Big Finish Podcast. No, thank you. Hello, I'm Nick Briggs, and this is David Richardson. Hello, and there's Toby Robinson at the window, who's coming in to ask a question about the script. Hello, Toby. Come in, Toby. What would you like to know? (laughs) I'll be doing a bit of editing, obviously. Yes, uh, big finish. We we love stories. We make great full-cast audio drama and audiobooks. You can buy it on CD or download. Our audio productions are based on much-loved TV series like Doctor Who, Dark Shadows, Blake Seven, Stargate and Highlander, as well as classic characters such as Sherlock Holmes, The Phantom of the Opera and Dorian Gray. Mm, Plus original creations such as Graceless, The Adventures of Bernie Summerfield and Stuff. There you are, that's just in case you came across this podcast by accident on iTunes. If you downloaded it from the, should I shut up now? David's like okay. they're still listening. <laughs> so yes, um, we're back after because the last podcast that featured anyone from the regular Big Finish team was me and my son introducing the wrong doctors. We did one before Christmas, didn't we? I yeah, seem to since remember. Christmas. I'm right, saying, yeah. right. Well, that's because I've been living here at the studio. David, don't say it like that. It's fun. What have you been up to then? Well, we've been up to... We've made two stories with Peter Davison and his his crowd. His um, crowd? His posse. This is the second of three stories with Sylvester and his crowd. But we're not saying who they are. <gasps> um, they're in the other and room. And we've done other stuff as well, but I can't remember because it's been such a whirl. It's yeah. been lovely. It's, yeah. it's, it's a really nice feel, actually. Some, some cracking stories. Um, and what sort of Christmas did you have? Um, Can you I comment had, or is it too personal? Well, no, I had Christmas off, which is a terrible <laughs> idea. Once I stop working, I start getting depressed, so I should always really? do Yeah, Aww. I just need to keep working. There's probably some psychologists listening to this. Where... Uh, do I live with a counsellor? Oh, I, mean? <laughs> I get analysed every night, don't worry. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Actually, I was busy across Christmas because I was finishing my uh, Doctor Who novel. <laughs> Oh, well, it's finished now, isn't it? Yes, I finished it on, on uh, um, New Year's Eve. When's it out? April, I believe. Well, you know, this is assuming that they don't think it's such utter rot. I hear it's very good. Well, Justin Richards said he thought it was terrific. Oh. There's all the writers who write for the Doctor Who range are now g- going, yeah, he said that to me too. He just, <laughs> he just says terrific. You just, anyway. Yeah, terrific, terrific. Because uh, Justin's like a sort of um, 1970s DJ, isn't he? Justin, I've not at all. I've <laughs> known Justin since lie. 1977 when we were pen friends. Oh, pen friends! Doctor Who pen friends. We met through Celestial Toy Room, I think, at the very, probably the very first issue, oh. and we started swapping. Sort of, yeah, that was yeah, the, the newsletter for the Doctor Who Appreciation Society. Before email, yeah, before email came along or anything, and, um, and yes, so I've known him all this time. Oh, well, he's a great guy. And, you know, I got this opportunity to write the book because he asked me to write a Doctor Who book in 1999. <laughs> I, finally, I finally got around to it last year. I can't. The moon's going to be blown out of orbit. <laughs> That's a Space 1999 joke there. That's, very, that's very good joke. Thank you very much. And now, shall I read out an email? Yeah. 
is from Peter Wood. Dear Pick Finish, thank you for the Christmas podcast. You're most welcome. Uh, they have been a joy to listen to and are definitely getting me into the Christmas spirit. This is quite an old email. <laughs> <laughs> Which Christmas? Yeah, Christmas 1952. Um, oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to be listening to the Chimes of Midnight as it's mostly decidedly Christmassy which got me wondering, which release would each of you pick to listen to at Christmas time? Oh, this is an old email, isn't it? Mm. You did, did you, you had something down to listen to at Christmas um, time? Do you know, I didn't, I had so many edits of new stuff to listen to, I never got round to listening to the stuff I wanted to listen to. Um, uh, uh, well, mine too are Relative Dimensions and Death in Blackpool, both of which I adore. Yeah. Yeah, yes, uh, definitely relative dimensions. Death in Blackpool, I just upsets me too much. I like being upset though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite good at it. You probably noticed. Oh, you're all very cheerful usually, in a sort of low-key <laughs> way. Uh, um, and lastly, I can't wait for next year. Well, it's here. Oh gosh, yes, it's arrived. What's next year we'll to be, you is now to us. I know. I, this is like a time machine. This this email. Uh, I'll be renewing uh, my subscription, which is worth every penny. Oh, I'm glad I'm reading this out now. I hadn't read it before. Please keep up the excellent work. I have no doubt there will be some exciting anniversary releases too. Well, (laughs) they've been announced. Yes, indeed. And could we just say that uh, The Light at the End is the title of the 50th anniversary audio adventure and not the one that's going to be on the television, which is what they said in The Sun. I know. I I could not believe how that news spread when we didn't even do a press release or anything, did we? It was just from the pages of Doctor Who magazine. It was suddenly all across the world. The Chicago Sun-Times were running a story about it. Were they really? Yeah, and and also the LA Times. Both of them did, did features on it. Hmm. Um, and you just think, well, <laughs> wow, that's I'm not used to that. It's incredible, isn't it? It makes you realise that you know when you know something about something that's in the news, and you find all the inaccuracies, you suddenly yeah. realise how probably everything in the press is is a bit sort of half baked. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, I'm in for trouble now. You said aren't controversially. I? Yes. What do you think, listeners? Yes. Do you agree with me? That knock brogs, he's controversial. He is. <laughs> um. Should we talk about what's coming out in January? Or is it it's nearly well, done, January's isn't it? It's a bit over, isn't it? We're more like we're over. To February. All right, talk about February then. February. Um well the main range release for February is Spaceport Fear. Oh yes. Yes, it is. Uh, which is by William Gallagher, a four part story for Colin Baker and uh, Bonnie Langford as Mel. And it's set in a very strange spaceport mm. where there's a lot of fear. Um, no, it's, 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 a, it's a clever little script, that one. Mm. Um, and it's uh, just gone off to reproduction, so maybe we should have a clip to celebrate. Yes, let's probably have the trailer. Welcome to Tartane Spaceport. We apologise for the delay to your journey. This should be one of the busiest spaceports in the galaxy, yet it seems completely deserted. It's time. How do I look? Terrified. Thanks. What do I see in you again? We We welcome welcome Elder Bones! Your welcome is received. Those of you with candles, step closer so that all might see. I'm Mel, and this is the Doctor. Did you see something? By the far vent, maybe. Maybe? Well, I can't see properly, can I? I keep telling them, if we could just divert power to lights, we could see what's going on. I have been known to light up a room. Usually with his coat of many colours. Mm, charming. Now's our chance to kill it. Get over here, Rogers, and start blasting! 
worry, Doctor. I'm sure they'll be perfectly safe. <laughs> There we are. Sounds like someone's walking around on the ceiling, doesn't it? Yeah, can you hear that? Yeah, yeah. We get okay. a lot of noise here. Oh, I'm a bit confused. What else is coming out in February? Um, Fourth Doctor Adventures continues in February, and it's The Sands of Life. The Sands of Life! By Nick Briggs. Yeah, that's You true. might know something about that. Um, someone tells me that's three episodes long. What a crazy thing that is. Yeah. On one disc, three episodes. I know, it just about fits. Gosh. Well, how can we... Yeah. It just seemed to work better as three episodes in the structure of the story, bizarrely, um, because it would have been two very long episodes and and somehow the, the episode climax in the middle wasn't working. So, yeah... Interesting, that isn't it? Mm. It's it's not something we can do. Uh, we sort of accidentally, re re you know, we're able to record a lot more material than usual, but it's it's not something a pressure we'd put ourselves under normally. You just didn't know when to stop typing, did you? <laughs> type, 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 type. Yes. Yeah. It's so, very actually, it's a very different story to the antimatter, isn't it? Which it's, was, a, it's a huge change, yeah, which I, I love in Doctor Who. One one week you can be doing this um, sort of very sort of fun pastiche of Woodhouse and then the next month you're into a, a very serious outer space um, action spectacular yeah although most of it's on earth I would say no it is it but is, is I, was, I, was, I, was, I was being general it's sort of sci it's very sci-fi isn't it it is very sci-fi yeah yeah I'd be, it, it is um, I hope people don't find it too jarring the sudden change from the antimatter antimatter who Doctor who changes all the time should we have a little listen to that yeah. I'm getting a reading. There. Look. Energy levels now at ten times TARDIS normal and still rising. I don't suppose you'd like to duck and cover, canine? Master. Don't worry. It probably wouldn't do any good. Ah. Ramona, are you all right? Oh, just singed my sleeve, that's all. And you were right about the helmet regulators. Master, mistress, I am detecting, detecting, detecting. Yes, canine? What are you detecting? I am detecting. I think the time phasing is affecting him. I am detecting a presence in the TARDIS. A presence? A presence? What do you mean, canine? I, 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 I have no further information. He's right. There is something. And whatever it is, it's halfway between real space and the time vortex. Is that good or bad? I've never seen readings like this before. So I've been doing the music on it as well. I'm actually still working on the music for the next one, War Against the Larn, which is out next month. And what made you decide to use banjos? <laughs> well, they're my favourite band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh, so what else? Um, on the Companion Chronicles, we've got House of Cards. Oh, yes. Which is performed by Annika Wills as Polly and Fraser Hines as Jamie. Oh, yeah. So a double bubble companion month. Um, yeah, and it was... It's in a futuristic space casino. It's it in says a futuristic here. space casino. It and there are vicious it. robot dogs and snake-headed gangsters. You've done your research. From the, I'm reading it off the website. Ah. <laughs> As I'm sure you all do, ah. misters. Yes. No, it was, it was lovely. It was lovely to have them both in the studio, actually. And I think that was the first time they've played Polly and Jamie together since 1966. Oh, how brilliant. It's little things like that that sort of 
make me want to pinch myself actually when we get people in side by side you sort of think you know they've seen each other since but they actually haven't played the parts together would you like me then. to pinch you no okay <clears throat> no embarrassing moment so yeah. you've not come anywhere near me <laughs> and steve lyons wrote that didn't he he did Good old steve lyons we like steve yeah he wrote the salation gambit which was for the same team mm. um, although we didn't actually have both of them in the studio at the same time that day was that just Bet when Fra- fraser wore a skirt didn't he for that one Oh, he always wears a skirt, doesn't he, anyway? What are you talking about? <laughs> to play Polly, and then I realised he wears a kilt. Yeah, also there's uh, Gallifrey, Series 5, box Gallifrey set. I don't know why I'm doing it in a rubbish five. Tom Baker voice. Yeah, which is three discs, three hour-long dramas. Um, uh, Gary Russell and Scott Hancock are promising a return to the political machinations of the original Gallifrey. Um, why is I'd- there nothing about it on the website? I don't know. It's just Sprague, all... hasn't, Sprague hasn't put it up yet, has it? It just says TBC, TBC, TBC. Now you're, you're embarrassing Paul Sprague live. Yeah, well, quite right. In public. Sorry about that. Um, what's going on? What's going on? Um, and it's a, yes, it's a, it's the penultimate Gallifrey release. The final epic instalment is in October, um, which will be very sad to see it go, actually. it's. Uh, I think uh, they've, they've got a, a huge story to tell before it ends. Uh, yes, it's an epic tale of time lords and things and there's all sorts of interesting surprises coming up late oh i was trying to turn my phone off and i've actually turned it on <laughs> um could we jump to a different series altogether did we have a clip from gallifrey i'm sure we've got a clip from gallifrey coming soon from big finish productions People fear change, no matter on what planet or in what universe you find them. When we were in the Axis, things were clear. We were there to find a home, to save ourselves, if not our Gallifrey. But on that journey, I lost everything. I'm just trying to make things right, Leela. Whether it's by improving this world or helping us to get back to our own Gallifrey, that's all I want to do now, make things right. But what if they find out the truth about you? There is another matter, my lady. Oh? It relates to you and Chancellor Narvin. What about us? You were a more ruthless character then, Romana. And now, a substantial new prize for the first proven breakthrough into time travel. When the path is complete, she will come and she will guide us to the White Lands. Soon. These are the stories of children. The slaves up there, they formed some kind of sect. More of a cult, really. Some religious nonsense about a savior coming to take them off to paradise. I believe that she's coming here to look out for you all. To take you away if I'm no longer able. I've seen something similar. Farrells, time sensitives. As far as I can gather, scientific ethics on this Gallifrey are not much to write home about. One more push is all it needs, Lady President. And then you'll have your time travel technology as you wanted. Ravon is talking about an invasion of their territory, a covert military operation. A necessary measure with as little collateral damage as can be hoped for. Against fellow citizens of Gallifrey. Who have chosen to live separately from the rest of society. If politics teaches us anything, Narvin, it's always have an alibi. Five, four... No! Three, (sighs) two, one... (laughs) 
Until the next time? I do not guarantee there will be a next time, but I hope there is. There's uh, Blake Seven, of course. Oh, it's a real Blake Seven month, actually. It is, isn't and it? A really exciting month. Um, because we've got the first full cast Blake Seven story um, since that ended back in 1981. That just a complete lie. They did the Radio 4 um, series, didn't they? But they did replace some of the cast for that. So, exactly. So and I'm, you've got all original I've got cast the, members. I've got all the originals. Oh, apart from Alistair, who's playing Zen, so it's falling down again. Gosh. Oh. Um, anyway. But he um, does it so well. Thank you very much. Um, Confirmed. <laughs> I have to say, I'm hugely proud of Warship. Um, I think it sounds like a really great telly episode. Um, it fits in so well with that very interesting gap between the end of series two and the start of series three when you had a galactic war and, and Blake and Jenna left the Liberator but it all happened off screen and now after all these years you finally get to hear what happened. Um, lovely script by Peter Angelides um, and uh, yeah I'm really hoping that this first full cast Endeavour will be a success because I'd love to try out some more full casts actually, but you know, it just depends whether they're viable commercially. Yes, because you know, uh, the they thing. cost so much more because there's a bigger well, cast. Yeah, 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 you know, you've got I just like point that out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a big cast in Blake Seven, so you know, there's yeah. at least seven of them, nearly. <laughs> what made you think that? Um, uh, who's doing the post production? Who's done the post production on that? Alistair Locke. Well, he's not down on the website. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> gonna... What is going on here? What's going on, Paul's brag? Oh, dear. I'm going to write that in now. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Blake Seven. Warship. We came here to deliver a death blow to the Federation. There they are. I wanted to tear down Star One forever. There's hundreds of ships. Hundreds. Star One has another purpose. It controls a satellite minefield, a barrier between our galaxy and the next. We're under attack. Then, initiate pattern sigma positioning. Random maneuvers at your discretion. Confirm. Can you see all those mines? Hundreds of them. They're burrowing into the outer hull. Two more ships are through. Should we pursue? Leave it. Stay focused on the gap in the grid. Goodbye, Blake. I wish I could say it's been a pleasure. Savalan, fire! Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. Else oh, and then there's an e-book of it as well, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, um, Peter has adapted it into a novelisation. He's done a novelisation as an e-book, um, which I have read, and it's lovely. It adds in some, adds some more um, embellishments and right. some more scenes. And, um, yeah, it, it, it seemed to make more of an event, actually, if we did a tie-in novelisation as well. And there was, mm. there was so much more story we could tell with that one particular episode. Um, so uh, I know Andrew Moxhill was very, very generous and at Blake Seven Media and gave us the thumbs up to do it. So uh, yeah, it was ex it's been an exciting time. And mm. still on Blake Seven, yes, we've got a box set called The Armageddon Storm, which is uh, one of the Lobberator, one of the, the Liberator, Liberator Chronicles. Um, it's performed by Paul Darrow as Avon. Uh, Dan Chappell as Callie, Michael Keating well as Villa, I know, and, and Tom, Tom Chadburn as Del Grant. He's back playing Del Grant. Having played, you played him in one episode in the second series, and he was so great, I had to bring him back. Um, so yeah, it's it's a 
it's a story about um, the Federation have developed this device which can blow up whole planets, basically reverses their polar whatever calls it. Oh, yeah. I'm not scientific. Throw, throw, throws the poles throws. into reverse. Oh, that's nasty. Yeah, very nasty. nasty. Um, yes. And it's written by Mark Wright and well, Kevin that's Scott. that's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, my brief to them was actually to do a story that was Blake Seven's version of 24. And bless them, they have. It's a, it's a good old exciting, nail-biting action thriller. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Blake Seven. The Armageddon Storm. Shorin burned. My name is Callie, a member of the Rebellion. For several weeks, I've been working with the Resistance Movement here on Shorin. Del Grunt, mercenary. The Resistance discovered that the Federation Science Corps has been working on a new superweapon, known only as PDX-10. So, what's our next move? Where do we start looking for this PDX-10 thing? I mean, the sooner we find it and disarm it, the sooner we can safely be away. Well, according to the intel, Shorin is the likely target for a full test detonation. Our planet Shorin has been devastated by a new weapon developed by the Federation. Data scrawled across the view screen. Data logs and vid records of the PDX-10. It's as if the planet has been turned inside out. We watched in silence the true horror of the Armageddon storm unfolding before us. Grant's weapon. It's real, all right. PDX-10 ready for planet-wide testing. No hope of escape. And the sky above us burned. Subscribers get more from BigFinish.com. We were having a bit of a debate in the Christmas podcast about swearing. So uh, Michael Lauk, L-A-U-C-K, don't know how you pronounce your name. Anyway, it's from St. Louis. Uh, is it, or was it St. Louis? God, thanks for your help. I don't know. David just shrugged at me then. I'm sure you'll all write in to tell me what an idiot I am. Um, as we really don't say it in the United States, I had no idea in block capitals that bloody was blasphemous. It all makes sense now, I guess. Deep in my subconscious mind, I'm sure its position is being elevated in my hierarchy of inappropriate things to blurt out when angry. Oh, to reciprocate, I will tell you that MI is the postal code for Michigan, not Missouri. Mis Missouri, which is MO. Hey. This is the information you want. I just commented on the fact that that, that swear word, which has become acceptable now, mm. you know, mm. is that's its origin mm. is, is to do with the blood of Christ. That's why people said it. And no one was interested. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested, Nick. <laughs> oh, just wanted to say thank you to you for the 12 days of Big Finish, writes James Hall. I just purchased the two Lucy Miller stories and look forward to buying more stories this holiday break. Not an Iris fan, so I'll skip that one. Oh, thanks, Jim. Uh, happy holidays and Merry Christmas and happy Hogs Watch. What does that mean? I have no idea. Is it Harry Potter thing? I don't know. Apologies. I'm a little dim. Oh, I see. We haven't finished February's releases yet. No, carry on. I was just interrupting um, it with an email. Vienna. Vienna oh, Salvatore Vienna. makes da, 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 da. her, her, her spin-off debut. 
except it's not really a spin-off because it's its own thing. But no, you mind. deny that it's I a deny it's a spin-off and then I call it a spin-off. You oh, fool. You're spinning. Um, it's called The Memory Box and it's by Jonathan Morris and it's a, sort of a Philip K. Dick-style thriller. Um, and I've heard it and I think it sounds like a movie. Mm, it does. It sounds like a big the, sci-fi movie. What I've movie. heard so- sounds, yeah. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Vienna, the memory box. I have in my possession a device that allows you to create secure subfolders in your brain where you can lock away compromising memories. It was developed as a way of protecting confidential business information by placing a whole day into a memory box. Somebody did a pretty thorough job. Shot directly through the head. This was a professional hit. Professional? A hired assassin. And they're still in this hotel. Computer, commence immediate launch. Unable to comply. What? A J-class star yacht is blocking our path to the exit slipway. We are enforcement officers. Everyone on the floor now. Get down or do you want to get killed? I'll move more quickly on my own. (laughs) I agreed to an assignment and I intend to carry it out. I will locate and destroy Flaming Sword. Because Flaming Sword have already attempted to kill me once and no doubt will continue to do so unless I kill them first. All right, civilian, you can move. What's your name? Norvell, officer. Norvell Spruggett. Nothing but to go shortwave. Incoming! I have a little rule. No one is allowed to hear my name and live. Big Finish Productions. We love stories. I just want to read out this email, which I think is very funny. Hello, says Ben Schneider. I thought you guys might find this funny. I did. Like most fans, I'd been eagerly awaiting the release of Dark Eyes and had pre-ordered it from your site when the reduced sale offer was first made. Seems like years ago now. When Dark Eyes was finally released in November, I was excited, but I also told myself... Oh, they're very loud out there in the green room, aren't they? Actors. Actors. But I also told myself to be patient because... After all, I live in America and it takes a long while for airplanes to get CDs over here from the UK or ships or submarines or however you guys deliver these discs. Is there a transatlantic tunnel yet? I think so, isn't there? Isn't Paul Sprague digging one? Anyway, anyway, it took much, much longer than even I thought it would. Weeks and weeks and weeks went past. Finally, I was getting ready to write a slightly nasty email asking if someone had something had gone wrong. And suddenly the package finally materialised in my mailbox. Finally, it was here, all the way from Britain to me here in America in the state of Indiana. That's important because I noticed an odd stamp on the font of the envelope on the front on the font on the front of the envelope that said Miss Sent to India. Fisher. <laughs> so that explains it. Yes, Indiana and India. What can you do? I figure if the TARDIS can't get the doctor where he wants half the time, I have no reason to be upset that my dark eyes took a little side trip to the other side of the world. Problem is, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Is it any good? <laughs> nah, don't bother my rubbish. No. So he sent us a picture of, of his parcel where it just it's absolutely addressed to Indiana. 
And then there's just a thing printed below, Miss, below, Miss sent to Indiana, India. I've told this story really well. I hope that you rewind it and play it again <laughs> to make some sense of it. It'll, it'll work in the edit. Yeah. I hope you've all been enjoying the Toby Haydoke podcast. He's on a mission to interview loads of people and get a first-hand anecdote about every single Doctor Who story during this 50th anniversary year for Doctor Who. Do you think he's going to make it, David? Um, I don't. No, but it, it is Toby Haydoke, so yeah. he's a, he must know a lot of people, mustn't he? Yeah. I mean, he, he could like—I mean, he could interview, say, Fraser Hines, and that'd cover at least forty of them, wouldn't That's it? That's true. I mean, so he said good he didn't want to, to interview uh, companions for some didn't reason. He? No. Oh. Oh. Oh well. Uh, hello, boys. Says hello. Laura. Yes, it's me, Laura, cruncher of crisps, elevator of eyebrows, bearer of big finish T-shirts and purveyor of pants. She's the one who did the big finish pants. I just wanted to give you a heads up that I will be attending Gallifrey. I'm going to be attending Gallifrey. You're not. not. Okay, never mind. I'd love to. Too busy. That's my stomach, thank you. As you can see by my email addy address, I believe she means, I'm a huge fan of Bernice Summerfield. Yes, Bernice Summerfield is included in her email address and cannot wait to meet Lisa Bowerman. Hopefully she's not coming on holiday by mistake. Is Lisa going to Gallifrey? She is. Well, thank goodness for that. I also look forward to meeting Nick Pegg. Uh, in my mind, he has been or- orally immortalised by his performance as uh, Lieutenant Colonel Frailing in Storm Warning. He currently reads me to sleep at night with his pitch-perfect performance of the poems of Andrew Marvell, or Marvel, depending on whether he's a comic from America or not. I've never seen him in the flesh, so I look forward to putting a face to the voice. Barney was simply splendid last year. Anyway, I shall see you soon. Pleasant podcasting. Well... Nick Pegg looks just like me, so that's it, really. He's just tall and bald. (laughs) (laughs) Nick and I are mistaken for each other all the time on the set of Doctor Who. People get quite confused. It's rubbish, really, because we're, you know, we're not that similar looking. Oh, dear. There's a a genocide going on in the green room. That's what happens in tea breaks. Shatner's bassoon. I was reading William Shatner's Twitter last night. I see he likes it. Someone, this is Leo Collette, thinks we're going to get William Shatner into a big finish. (laughs) I'm not reading the rest of the email. It's it's too ridiculous a proposition. What else is out? We must have covered everything for February, surely. I didn't bring my list in with me. Okay, I'm checking. I'm checking, checking, checking. Uh, The Big Finish Companion Volume 2 The Big Finish Companion Volume 2 Yes, say it like that Yes It's a book about Big Finish It's the companion to Big Finish It's Volume 2 Yeah And uh, it's written by the inestimable Kenny Smith Who's done a smashing job It's uh, brilliantly researched, isn't it? Yes Tons of interviews I mean, I was gobsmacked by how many new interviews he'd done with people um, and yeah, just just a weighty tome that's full of info. I learned a lot. Yeah. Um, so yes, he's uh, he's done a step up. And also, there's the Destiny of the Doctors Audio Go Big Finish co-production, uh, which is called Shadow of Death. Whatever it is, the controls won't respond. There's nothing I can do. Ah, ah. Which features Fraser Hines. Second Doctor story by Simon Gellia. Gellia!
The doctor emerged from the TARDIS, looking nervously around to see where they had landed. Then he smiled. There we are. I told you, didn't I? We're perfectly safe. Jamie and Zoe followed him out. The TARDIS stood blocking one end of a short passageway. At the other end of the passage was a sturdy metal door. There were no windows, and the only light came from thin strips in the walls. Go on, then. Where are we? I, I told you, Jamie. Safe. Huh. No thanks to you. Why can't you leave the TARDIS alone? What? That, that, that wasn't me. There, something smashed into the TARDIS. Something with incredible force. Uh, and then it, it did it again. If it wasn't for me, who, who knows what might have happened. I found somewhere near to put us down. Zoe looked concerned. But, Doctor, she said, what would have the power to knock the TARDIS off course? I, I don't know, Zoe. Uh, something big and apparently not so friendly. But you said you landed somewhere near... It could be right here. Yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Yes, it will. Yes. Why? There needs to be some information about that on the site. We're just revealing how much Paul Sprague's going to get kicked in the head. Um, well, and how is Paul? Where is he? Why isn't he here? <laughs> He's on holiday. I know. I know. Pitiful. He, he has it? holidays too. They're still very noisy in the green room. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun. I'm well, stuck in here with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I want to say. You want to say anything else? Um, well, we could say a little bit about more about the light at the end, couldn't we? Because we could say that um, the recording blocks, the proper recording blocks, start on Monday. I know, I'm not at all tense. <clears throat> we've done some insert recording. We've got some of it squirrelled away, but uh, the main studio blocks start next week. Yes. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm, it's I'm being extremely carried excited. on a wave of enthusiasm by everybody, I think. It, it reminds me, I really must write the schedule. <laughs> yeah. You must write the script. I was like, you've done <laughs> no, it. No, they've I've got the it. script. They've got the script. We've it's all read fine. it. It's fine. Oh, good. Yeah. good. So, let me tell you what the story's about. Well, it all begins when... Thank you and goodbye. Uh, the next podcast will be from Toby Haydoke with Toby Haydoke's Who's Round? Who will he be interviewing? Well, it's a secret. You have to find out by reading the news story and all the clues. David, are you about to sneeze? I was about to yawn. <laughs> That's worse. Sorry. Anyway, thanks to Toby Haydoke for his continuing, extremely entertaining interviews. And we'll be back uh, in a week or so, and hopefully with Paul Sprague if he's not too busy putting everything right on the website. <laughs> you're a meanie. You're a mean, mean man. <laughs> Goodbye. It's a, it's a casino. Oh, um, that's where people come to bet money on games, Jamie. Like card games and dice games. And... Ah, right. You mean a gambling den. I've heard of places like that in that London of yours. There's nothing like this in my London. Blue lights were flashing everywhere. All I could think of was that I couldn't see any of my friends. I was sure that one of them must have got into trouble. Doctor, they're looking for time travellers. The casinos had problems with people going back in time and betting on the outcomes of games they've seen before. If they found out about us... So we have found our cheat. No, you've got this all wrong. Please be silent, Mammal. Hey, I know that voice, but it can't be. What are you doing here? <laughs>